Local Business Apart. I'm your host, Michel Farma. Welcome to eBrandCast, where we decode what branding truly is, so you can build a dominant e-com brand. In this episode, we're going to take a much closer look at one of the buzzwords associated with branding, touch points. We'll clear up exactly what they are and how to make sure your touch points are actually working for you. If you're planning a vacation to LA, you might use a website like TripAdvisor to choose a hotel. Filtering by top user rating, you'd see the usual suspects, the Bel Air, the Four Seasons, but you'd also find an unassuming little option called the Magic Castle Hotel. A consistent top-rated hotel, it has at times even outranked its four and five-star neighbors. At first glance, it's a little hard to tell why. The Magic Castle Hotel isn't even really a hotel. It's actually a block of 1950s apartments converted into what's more accurately a nice motel. It's a nice place with a good location, but nothing about the decor would tip you off as to how it competes with some of the most luxurious hotels in LA. What they've done is mastered the art of the touch points. In essence, a touch point is literally any point of interaction or communication between a brand and a customer. The associate that greets you as you walk into the store, a touch point. The checkout process on your brand's website, a touch point. A branded email announcing a new product launch, a touch point. It's any physical or sensory interaction anywhere the customer touches your brand. Which brings us back to the Magic Castle Hotel and what makes them so special. Google them or read any review and you'll quickly find out that one of their claims to fame is a free 24-7 popsicle hotline. Yes, a popsicle hotline. At any time, guests can pick up a red phone and within minutes a butler will appear with a selection of popsicles on a silver platter. And there are other unique services as well. They also offer free snacks, including full-size candy bars. Basically, what high-end hotels would put in a mini-fridge and charge you 3x the price for. The Magic Castle Hotel also offers free DVD rentals, a board game menu, and free laundry service. Aside from being a sign of exceptional service, what makes the Magic Castle Hotel so special is that they have created multiple touch points in their brand experience that creates delights in their guests. And it's these positive feelings that form cherished memories of their stay. Other lessons and touch points we can take from the Magic Castle Hotel? The touch points work because not only do they reinforce the magic of the brand, but they're totally unique and help differentiate the hotel in a city full of competitors. By creating unique and delightful interactions with the brand, the Magic Castle Hotel makes sure they're remembered fondly. Touch points are the building blocks of your brand experience and reputation. Whether a customer's interactions with your brand are positive or negative, that will dictate whether they come back or recommend you to a friend. So neglecting the role touch points play in your business can result in lower conversions, fewer repeat customers, and a subpar reputation, of course. Consider how a few amazing touch points elevate the Magic Castle Hotel for what would otherwise be a vanilla motel experience to one that rivals luxury options. Unfortunately, in e-commerce, largely because branding isn't well understood, 
touch points are often undervalued. And they're also frequently confused with channels. A channel is simply where this interaction happens. But a touch point is the granular nuts and bolts of the interaction. A customer doesn't interact with your website. They visit your website and interact with all the individual elements on your site. Your site search bar is a touch point. The form the customer fills out in the checkout process is a touch point. Even the allow cookies button is a touch point. So any interaction with the brand can and often does involve multiple touch points. Of course, for simplicity, we refer to your website as a touch point. But in reality, it's the sum of dozens of smaller touch points. Something else to keep in mind. There are branded touch points, those that you can control, and non-branded touch points, interactions with your brand that are out of your control. As for touch points that are created outside of the brand, it can be as simple as a customer observing someone else interact with your brand or use your product. Some brands are more public than others. Car brands, for instance, are very public. You see what brand of manufacturer your neighbors drive or your friends. You're also likely to spend some time in someone else's car, which might be a different brand from what you drive. Jewelry, watches, and to an extent clothing are also public brands. And over time, we start to associate certain brands with certain personalities or social groups. The fashion brand Burberry actually had to do a major rebrand because they had become synonymous with gangsters in the UK. Branded shopping bags follow the same logic, although that's a touch point the brand has a bit more control over. Similarly, word of mouth referrals and recommendations are touch points as well. And so is word of mouth criticism. Online reviews, blog posts, social mentions, or recommendations by influencers that you haven't sponsored count as well. In the common e-commerce customer journey, consumers are likely to encounter a range of touch points, including many that your brand does not create. This is actually a good thing. As long as you're properly managing your brand and your products fulfill the promises to customers, there's nothing more powerful than encountering a genuine review or recommendation from another consumer. Let's follow the example of the Magic Castle Hotel and focus your energy on the touch points that you do control. The more consistent your brand and the more care you put into the customer's overall experience, the less you need to now worry about the touch points that are out of your control. By creating standout memories with their touch points, the Magic Castle Hotel ensures the downstream word of mouth about the hotel, posture reviews on travel sites, and social media posts. But even negative reviews can be helpful. Sometimes critiques of a product or service can help clarify for a potential customer why a product might be right for them based on what didn't work for someone else. Or it can be an opportunity for customers to explain what fell short about your product, but why your customer service is great, which ultimately helps your brand. It's still a good idea to monitor social mentions of your brand to keep an eye on your reputation and address concerns when needed, but don't get too uptight about it. The broader takeaway about brand touchpoints is that the quality of an interaction with a brand, no matter how small it appears to be, influences how customers feel about your brand. I'll repeat that. The broader takeaway about brand touchpoints is that the quality of an interaction with a brand, 
no matter how small it is, it does influence how the customer will feel about your brand. Because touch points are the real world interactions customers have with your brand. And it's the sum of these little interactions that creates the larger impression of your brand. In e-commerce, on average, it will take five to seven significant touches before customers will have a distinct enough impression of your brand to feel comfortable completing a purchase. And what do I mean by significant? All touch points aren't created equal. For most customers, reading a customer review, for example, will be a lot more influential on their perspective of your brand than accepting cookies on your website. And that's understood. Between customers, especially e-commerce customers, what those five to seven touches are is going to vary because the customer journey can take many different forms. Some people will first encounter your brand through a targeted ad. Others will see your brand mentioned in a blog post or a post by a friend on the socials. Some customers will do a lot of research online about your brand and products, leading them through both solicited and spontaneous reviews, content marketing, media mentions, your social profiles, and various pages of your website. I mention this because even though any given brand will have hundreds of touch points, five to seven of them can make or break a sale and your brand's reputation. And while I don't recommend neglecting any brand touch point, it's important to know the ones that will have the most leverage with your audience. And again, the Magic Castle Hotel can teach us this. They know who their audience is, families with children, and the popsicle hotline, free snacks, and game and movie rentals. They're all geared towards making the brand experience magical for the kids. They even have a magician that performs magic tricks during breakfast. Also nailing those high leverage touch points is going to be a lot more important than trying to perfect every last interaction. The Magic Castle Hotel's headline touch points often obscure the drawbacks of the location. The pool is pretty small. There is no elevator to reach the second floor, no room service, and no on-site gym. Details that might otherwise put a dent in someone else's experience, but the power of the few touch points they've mastered leaves a much longer positive impression. And this is in line with how our memory works. We tend to forget the details and form our impression based on the most intense emotional experiences, and we'll talk about that more later as well. By creating a few moments of pure joy, the Magic Castle Hotel ensures they're remembered well, even if the experience lacks in other areas, even if there are some gaps. Remember this, because when you start to evaluate your touch points, it's easy to get overwhelmed by the number of them. So before we go further, know that designing and managing your brand touch points shouldn't be done until you have built a brand. Because I'm not going to ask you to micromanage hundreds of little interactions. That's the last thing anyone should be doing. The point here is that when you have a strong brand, your many touch points will naturally align and only need minimal attention in order to optimize them, in order to amplify them. And that's exactly what the Magic Castle Hotel has done as well. But it's having a clear brand underneath your touch points, that's what makes it effective. This is one place where the Pareto Principle, which states that 20% of the work makes 80% of the difference is really at work. 
And the 20% in this case is branding. And a lot of the recommendations I'll make are covered in the larger branding process. If you do have a brand, it's still a good idea to go through the touchpoint mapping process. The advantage will be that if you find touchpoints that are letting you down, you'll know instantly how to fix them. But without the direction of a brand, trying to align and optimize your touchpoints is going to be impossible. If you do need help with the branding process, we offer a free book checkout that you can order from ebrandbook.com if you're interested. It does go through the whole branding process, specific to e-commerce, step by step. Okay, warning issued. There are four qualities that your touchpoints need in order for it to work. First, a touchpoint needs to feel appropriate. Does this touchpoint make sense in this context? For example, we expect an add to cart button on product pages, but it would be very weird to find an add to cart button in a direct email confirming that your order has shipped. Tone matters as well, and the tone of the touchpoint needs to match the context. This will also be dictated by the overall personality of your brand. If you have a formal, more educational brand voice, you're not going to want your tweets to sound like the infamously sarcastic Wendy's Twitter that wrote them. And then, within the range of your brand's voice, tone needs to be appropriate for the context. This will be especially important when responding to negative feedback or working through a customer service issue. Think of the Magic Castle's Popsicle Hotline. Surprising, yes? But appropriate for a kid-friendly hotel that trades on magic. Not to mention the idea of a 24-7 access to sugar indulgence and vacations both go hand in hand. The second factor in touchpoints, it needs to be relevant. Aside from a touchpoint making sense, does it actually perform the function it's supposed to? Do links go where they're supposed to? Do customers get what they expect? You do want to go beyond this and deliver a moment of delight or surprise, but at a bare minimum, your touch points need to be functional. They cannot be broken. And no matter how clever they are, if they don't work, it's only going to cause frustration. You wouldn't think much of a popsicle hotline if the popsicles never showed up or no one answered the phone. Third, the touch points need to be meaningful. This is really where having a brand makes all the difference. What this means is that consumers feel there was some purpose behind the interaction. A major offender here in e-commerce is sending too many emails. If you're spamming a customer's inbox with email marketing, customers are going to start ignoring them. On the other hand, if you only send out emails when it's meaningful, then your emails will be welcomed. Like emails to announce a product launch or alert a customer that an item is on their wish list is back in stock or on sale. This is also an especially important factor to think about when you're designing your checkout process. Too many form fields, asking too much personal information without a clear purpose behind it will undermine trust. And generally, touch points will feel meaningful when your brand purpose and identity are shaping them. Consumers will feel the larger mission behind every interaction that they have. Again, many of Magic Castle's touch points reinforce the idea of magic which is often synonymous with effortless. And nothing is more effortless than free snacks and entertainment. Even your laundry can be taken care of. 
Disney does this in their parks by hiding the effort of transactions by using the one-touch wristbands to keep track of purchases for later billing. This takes care both of the physical effort of taking out your wallet and the mental effort of justifying a purchase. And now, the fourth factor. The fourth factor is that touch points need to be endearing. In other words, they have to create an emotional reaction. The essential job of touch points is to contribute to the bond between your brand and customers. It's how customers feel during an interaction that will come to define your brand. So touch points need to leave people feeling good. And for sure, no one touch point is going to convert consumers into a loyal customer. So you want the sum of your touch points to be greater than the individual part. And this is where the peak and rule can be applied, which I've kind of alluded to. No customers consciously evaluates your brand at each touch point. They're going to experience your brand as a whole, even if they're impressions and influenced by each step along the way. So it's important to understand how people ultimately form memories and judge their experiences. The peak and rule is one model. This is actually a cognitive bias that's been well studied in psychology. One major study was actually conducted using colonoscopy patients and deciphering what made the biggest impact on their impression of the experience. Basically, we tend to remember the most emotionally intense moment of an experience as well as the end. So the most and the conclusion. Depending upon what those experience emotions were, we then generalize about the experience as a whole. So here's the study. In one study, the participants were asked to hold their hands underwater for 60 seconds at a time, and the temperature of the water was varied. And there were three rounds. In the first round, it was 60 seconds at 14 degrees Celsius or 57 degrees Fahrenheit. The second round was 60 seconds at 14 degrees again, and then 30 seconds at 15 degrees Celsius or 59 degrees Fahrenheit. And finally, in the third round, participants were invited to repeat either round one or two. Now, neither 14 or 15 degrees is particularly pleasant. So you might guess that most participants would choose to repeat round one because on the whole, it's 60 seconds of discomfort instead of 90 seconds. But actually, about 80% chose to repeat round two because the one degree of temperature difference after 60 seconds felt so much more comfortable, they judged the entire round as being more pleasant. So it was the conclusion that made all the difference. And it's also a reminder that even a small change can have a huge impact on people's memory of their interaction with your brand. So not every touch point has to be, be amazing or perfect, but none of them can be terrible. Of course, you'll get the best results if at some point you can inject a moment of surprise and delight, especially if it's towards the end of the interaction. But if any of your touch points towards the end of the experience fall short, even by a small degree, it will undermine all your hard work that precedes it. A guest at the Magic Castle Hotel might be annoyed by the lack of an elevator at the time, but they will remember that popsicle a lot more clearly, and ultimately, that feeling of fun will be how they rate their experience. So it definitely ticks the endearing box on your list checkbox. With these four diagnostic tools in hand, 
you can now evaluate your own touch points and start designing your customer experience with touch point mapping. Basically, it's an outline or visualization you make of your customer journey and all the interactions that a consumer might have with your brand. Before jumping to this process again, I strongly suggest that you have already done the brand work. In particular, to get the most out of this process, you need to really understand who your ideal customers are. Where are they online? How do they prefer to shop? And what motivates them to buy? The latter is the key here. More than that, you also need to understand their needs and goals. Of course, this is another critical part of the branding process and customer is the second C in our 7C process. The process will help you zero in on the handful of touch points that are going to give you the most leverage to creating an amazing experience. Also, you will certainly need to make more than one map since there's going to be more than one journey a customer takes. Let me walk you through the process. Start by making three separate lists. First, make a list of all the touch points you can identify that happen before the purchase. What pages on your site will a customer likely visit? Product pages for sure, but also potentially the home page, your about page, potentially FAQs, and so on. Don't get too lost in the weeds here. Try to identify the most important points only. So you don't need to list every potential button a customer would touch or form they would fill out. But keep it categorized by action, like an email sign-up form, a wishlist function, site navigation, content pages. And don't worry about listing each one individually and, of course, ad campaigns. Although, as far as advertising goes, you should list each advertising channel that you use separately. So Facebook ads, Google Shopping, TV ads, billboards, if you have them, and so on they should get their own spot on their list. But basically right now, you're just trying to get an overall picture of where your customers come into contact with your brand. Now make a second list, this time for all the touchments that are going to be happening during the pro purchase process. So first is pre-purchase, now during. And this includes a customer's card, the checkout process, that kind of thing. If you have a chatbot that helps customers complete a purchase or a phone order process, include those as well. And finally, the third list should include every touch point after purchase. So we're down to the last piece now. These are things that like emails that confirm a customer's order or that their items have shipped. It's also follow-up emails, your products, packaging, any instruction or assembly material, customer feedback surveys, and customer service channels. Also, if you have a loyalty program, any material that educates and converts customers to your program should be counted as well. Once you have your list, go back over them to see if there are any important touch points that you are missing. If you notice anything you haven't implemented, write these as well. Now, based on what you know about your customer and using whatever data you have, organize your touch points into your customer journey. Make a few different versions based on the most popular routes of a purchase that a customer makes. And first, make sure there are no dead ends in the journey. Those are places where a customer might be unsure of their next step. Does every touch point have a clear call to action for what to do next? Also run through the four expectations customer have of a touch point. And I'll repeat it again. 
Is it appropriate in terms of context and tone? Is it relevant to the journey? And does it function the way it should? Is it meaningful and obviously tied to the larger brand? Is it endearing enough to contribute to the bond between the customer and your brand? And look for touch points that fall short or that you may have been neglecting. If you identified any missing touch points earlier, now is the time to brainstorm in your map for how you can design the touch point to fit into your customer journey seamlessly. And also keep the peak and rule in mind and look out for anywhere you can implement a moment of surprise, delight, or fun. That obstacle should be on the list. <laughs> Anything that can create an emotional high that will help shape the perception of your brand. Mark the point along the journey that delivers emotional payoffs for your customers. An obvious one is the moment of purchase. Shopping gives us such a dopamine hit, which is a feel-good neurotransmitter. But there should be other payoffs as well. Plenty of studies have found that price is the main purchase driver behind hotel choice because most people see hotels as simply somewhere to sleep. It's not seen as a big part of their vacation experience, especially because the added luxuries in most hotels come with extra cost. But the Magic Castle Hotel's perks are free, which allows parents to enrich their kids' memories without having to worry about extra cost piling up. It's an added payoff that de deepens the fun of their service. Also, as you go through your touchpoint map, be sensitive to potential pain points, any touchpoints that detracts from the experience or creates confusion. Are your touchpoints effectively moving enough customers to at least research your brand? Are you getting click-throughs? Are there enough touchpoints that move customers towards a purchase? And are you offering enough aftercare? Are you enticing customers to return for a repeat purchase? Don't forget, it's not just about the highs and lows. The end of the journey has to have a big impact on our memory as well. There is one reason why the popular please don't go pop-ups that are triggered when users move to leave the page are very high risk. If a customer is still in the research phase of the journey and haven't yet signed up for your email newsletters and you're pestering them as they're trying to leave, it can leave a bad taste in their mouth. And then when they remember your brand, what they remember is feeling irritated rather than being informed. That end rule. And even if they forget about the pop-up, they will still remember how they felt. Another thing to think about is that you should expect the unexpected. We're dealing with technology here, and we all know that it doesn't always work perfectly. Technical difficulties like server outages or missing content is going to happen every now and then. Consumers know this intellectually, of course, but suddenly hitting a dead end as they browse around your branded touch points can be jarring, and it will tend to stick in their minds. Error pages and messages can be can become branded touch points as well with a little care. For instance, you should customize error messages and your 404 pages with your brand voice and visual identity. It's a small touch that can mitigate some of the disappointment. Finally, I know mapping is a simple but fairly big job. So hold on to your work and update it as you make design and branding changes. It can make sure any adjustments to your brand are applied consistently where it matters the most. But also, you should make regular audits of your touchpoint maps and make sure your touchpoints are still creating the overall brand impression that you're going after. 
and consider these maps as part of your branding guidelines. And like your brand guidelines, your touchpoint map is an ever evolving document. I know I've thrown a lot at you, so I'm going to give you a quick recap of the takeaways from today's episode. First, touchpoints are not channels. They are anywhere your customers touch and interact with your brand. And the quality of those interactions is what shapes how a customer feels about your brand. It takes five to seven significant positive touches for a customer to complete a purchase, and each one of those significant touches must have four qualities. Again, those are, they must feel appropriate, relevant, meaningful, and endearing. And with that, I'll leave you all to map your touch points and start building a better customer experience. You've been listening to eBrandCast, where we decode what branding truly is so you can build a dominant e-com brand. If you got anything useful from today's episode, let the world know by leaving us a review. It would mean a lot to us as our podcast is still new and your reviews help grow our audience and keep us going. But more importantly, your feedback also allows us to improve the podcast and make sure we're delivering the information you need. And hey, if you're on the fence about posting a review, as a thank you to everyone who does, we're offering anyone who leaves us a review free lifetime access to the 7C Canvas platform. It's an online tool that allows you to fill out, save, and share as many versions of the 7C Canvas as you can come up with. What's the 7C Canvas? It's the ultimate one-pager building block technique to creating an e-commerce brand strategy. It accompanies our flagship 7C method and is a perfect companion for our book checkout. Getting access is an easy three-step process. First, post a review on Apple Podcast. Five stars is always welcome. Second, take a screenshot of your review. And finally, email your screenshot reviews at ebrandbuilders.com and we'll reply back with instructions to access the new home of your brand strategy. Want to hear more episodes of eBrandCast? You'll find all of our past shows at eBrandCast.com. And subscribe to make sure you're the first to hear about new episodes. Thanks again for tuning in today. See you in the next one. Bye for now.